From the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome to the show. I'm Jake Skorheim, your host. It's Thursday night. That's right. It's Thursday night, right, Matt? Allegedly, though yeah. it feels like it's later in the week. All right, this is this is uh, this has been a very strange week. I don't know why this has been a strange week. I'll have everyone know. If you're not, I was gonna hold it up for the camera. If you're watching the streaming right now, which I will do, I brought my chapstick. I'm ready to go. All right, locked and so loaded. yes, locked and loaded. All right, uh, if you guys are not following us right now on our various social sites, you're going to miss out because we do post stuff on there all the time. I posted a video yesterday that you should check out if you want to hear me sing. I know you don't want to, but if you want to, it's there. And we're trying to update it daily with all sorts of stuff. So Instagram, X slash Twitter, and Facebook. You can catch it all there and we can hang out. Did we just become best friends? Yep. All right. So the first thing we're going to jump into before we get into our stories we like to do a trivia thing every single day. We like to play a, c- a completely random, out of context, movie clip. Uh, not movie movie clip. And you guys get to guess on the text line. You could guess on the text line if you really want to. If you're eager beavers and you just want to get it immediately, which you probably will. 888-973-5476. You can hit me up there. I'll let you know if you're right. And if not, I will tell you at the start of the news roundup. But here is the clip. Good luck. I am the servant of the secret fire, wielder of the flame of honor. Dark fire will never fail you, flame of Udun! Go back to the shadow. You shall not pass! It's one of the best movies of all time. Fantastic. If you don't know it already, we're not friends. But text me if you know it. All right, let's get right into it. This story I saw earlier, I, I was trying to make heads or tails of it. I just, it's dumb. It's just a dumb story. But I wanted to I wanted to talk about it with you guys. Dumb, 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 dumb. All right, so listen to this. Do you guys know what, uh, what is this called? It's called smelt dipping. And it's, it's not pervy. It sounds like kind of gross, but it's not. Smelt dipping is, uh, smelt is a, do you know what smelt dipping is, Matt? Have you ever heard of this? I know smelt is like a type of fish, It's a right? tiny fish. But I don't know what smelt dipping is. Okay, so they it's a really tiny fish. Or something? What's that? It's a, dip it in ranch or something? I don't well, know. Close, close. Uh, if you're if you're successful and you catch smelt. But smelt is a tiny fish. Think of a, um, um, like a sardine, something like that. Only bigger, like maybe like a bigger sardine. And right now, the State House of Representatives just passed a bill yesterday that would take something that right now is free and generationally families do this and they have a good time doing this grandmothers and grandfathers and grandkids go out and during the smelt fishing season which is a very short season which we'll get to in just a moment they smelt dip and what smelt dipping is because you can't catch these fish on a line they're just too small to be caught on i mean i suppose maybe you could really tiny hook i don't know it's not worth the time and the effort to get one at a time but smelt dipping is where you take a um, uh, a net, like a special, like I imagine it's a finely woven net because these fish are tiny. You put some bait in the bottom of the net, and then you stick it out in these deep, long, like smelt poles. And you stick it out in the water in specific areas where smelt run upstream during the smelt season. 
which is very short. Again, I'll get to it in just a minute. It's crazy short, actually. And you scoop these fish up. Hopefully, they swim into your net, and you can get back. If you're successful, the state limits you. Right now, you don't have to have a license to do this. And the state limits you to 10 pounds per season. Now, if you imagine the size of these smelt, these smelts are like tiny, 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 tiny fish. So 10 pounds is actually quite a few smelt. And you don't need a license, as it stands right now, to catch these, as long as you're doing it recreationally. So like families who want to go out and have fun for just an afternoon and smelt fish, they can do that currently. But if the state House of Representatives, if the Democrats in the state House of Representatives gets their wish, they're going to start charging you $12 per person to smelt dip, to fish for the smelt. They claim that the Department of Fish and Wildlife needs that money so that they can go after people who are illegally taking too much smelt out of our waterways. But the problem is, this is not your typical fishing season. And the felt, fi- uh, not felt, I'm sorry, the smelt fishing season can sometimes be as little as five hours, which is crazy. So they will put up on a board or something. I don't know how this works out, but the Washington Department of Fish and Wildlife, they will make it known. They'll say, hey, everyone, because it changes from year to year. It all depends on when the fish are making their run. They'll say, hey, everyone, the smelt are running. We're going to have the fishing season. It's going to be two days from now. It's going to be between 1 and 6 p.m. on whatever day. And it actually is coming up soon. So if you do, if this sounds interesting to you, if this sounds like something you want to try for free before they start charging you for it, this might be your year to try it. Uh, hopefully in the next few weeks. And so people will go out and they will then have like five, six hours to smell fish, try to catch their limit, which again is 10 pounds. And then they go home and they make stew or whatever you make out of smelt. I don't know. Whatever you do at smelt, make a sandwich. I don't care. But the problem is because it's not your average fishing season, people are not going to be able to just run out at a moment's notice and buy a $12 fishing license for these tiny little baby fish, which is silly. I mean, it's ridiculous. And I don't know why... House representatives would try to pick your pocket for something that's so small. Do it's, we know the per pound value of these things anyway? Nothing. I mean, it's 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 very small. They're letting people do it for free right now. You can get 10 pounds per person. They don't want it overfished. Obviously, these are very tiny fish. They don't want it overfished. And so 10 pounds is what they limited uh, per person recreationally to. But 12 bucks. So a family of five that goes out there, now it's going to be 60 bucks to go fish and catch some smelt. Which to me sounds ridiculous. And what percentage of these people are actually catching the limit anyway? That's a great question. question I I don't know. It's a great question. Um, Representative Ed Orcutt, he said, last year's season lasted five hours. And we're going to make people get a license for a season that lasts five hours? It doesn't make sense. Uh, Jim Walsh, he's represented from Aberdeen. He said, you'll see grandmothers with their grandchildren out with nets to dip for smelt. It is something that people who live in those areas around those river systems love to do. I'm concerned if we require a permit for dipping smelt, those people may dip you and me. I assume he's saying that they're just not going to buy the license. And then and then they'd be in a position where something they'd been doing for free for generations, suddenly they're breaking the law, which doesn't sound fair. That doesn't sound good to me. So the Department of Fish and Wildlife claim that they need this money, though, and so they are attempting to you know get this passed. It just passes a House bill right now. It still has to go to the Senate. And then eventually it would have to be, you know, become become a, a thing that you would have to purchase. So hopefully that doesn't happen. I hope it doesn't happen for you and, you know, for the smelt. I hope it doesn't happen for the smelt. All right, let's move on. Do you guys remember Deep Throat? Which I know sounds like a dirty movie, but it's not. Get your heads out of the gutter. Sinner.
What I'm talking about is Deep Throat from you guys remember All the President's Men? It's a fantastic movie. Who directed that? Was that a uh, was that a um, it wasn't Lumet, was it? Who directed that movie? Uh, what's his face? Um, Robert Redford stars in the movie along with Dustin Hoffman, and they played the two guys from the Washington Post, Carl Carl and Bernstein, uh, Carl Bernstein and the other guy play the two guys who break the story about Watergate and the Watergate scandal. And they visit a guy. They keep visiting a guy to like get information from who calls himself Deep Throat. And he's an anonymous source. And he keeps giving them all this information so they know where to point. I need to know what you know. It involves the entire U.S. intelligence community. FBI. CIA. Justice. It's incredible. Cover-up had little to do with Watergate. It was mainly to protect the covert operations. It leads everywhere. Get out your notebook. There's more. Your lives are in danger. Your lives are in danger. Well, the reason we're bringing this up, and Matt's looking up who directed that movie right now, the reason we're bringing this up is that Boeing might have its own deep throat. Not exactly deep throat, but they might have a whistleblower who is anonymous. There's somebody right now talking to the Seattle Times. We have the story up on MyNorthwest.com. It's very interesting. We're actually going to talk to Heather Bosch about this later in the show so she can give us more details on it. But apparently, in this exclusive interview that's happening between this whistleblower and the writer there over there at Seattle Times, they say that the panel in question on that Boeing flight, that Alaska jet that earlier this month, the door blew off at 16,000 feet. They're saying that the panel in question may have been installed improperly by Boeing mechanics on the Renton assembly line. And so this whistleblower is talking. And Matt, you look like you have the name of a director for me. Alan Pacula. He also directed To Kill a Mockingbird. Alan Pacula. I would not have guessed that. All right. uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Also a good movie. Um, But anyway, so this whistleblower is talking. And uh, so according to the whistleblower, they say the reason the door blew off is stated in black and white in Boeing's own records, the whistleblower wrote. It is also very, very stupid and speaks volumes about the quality culture at certain portions of the business. Although the identification of the whistleblower is not known, the Times confirmed the Renton mechanic and a former 737 MAX production line manager that his description of how this kind of rework is performed and by whom is accurate. The Times also confirmed that the whistleblower accurately described the computer systems that Boeing uses to record and track 737 assembly work with mechanics and engineers, which mechanics and engineers sign into daily when they begin their work. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to keep getting more information about this. Heather Bosch has this whole story. It's really fascinating. I'm really interested in whistleblower stories, and I'm interested in anything that has like a a spy novel feel to it. So I think this is a good one. Uh, Stay tuned. We're going to keep bringing you more on this, but Heather Bosch is going to join me later on the show, so stick around for that. All right, next. This one is kind of more pop culture-y, and I found kind of interesting, but Taylor Swift fans right now are furious because there has some AI pictures going around of Taylor Swift posing in ways that she did not pose in, apparently, and somebody has gotten AI, which can do everything, to put her in various sexually inappropriate and offensive uh, uh, images, which have then been flooding the internet. What's interesting about Newsweek has a story, and they said that the AI images are pictures generated through artificial intelligence. Yes, we know that. We get that Newsweek. Um, They said this can be done without a person's consent. Users on the platform have raised fears about how easily AI can be used to post fake images, violating the subject's privacy. In this case, it was Taylor Swift. 
And Taylor Swift is a massive, massive star. She's probably the biggest star in the world right now. You got that James So her and her fans, Taylor Swift, would they call them Swifties, I think? That would be the correct verbiage, yes. Yeah, her Swifties are rabid fans, and they will defend her very heavily. And so people are very, very upset online that these pictures made it out there. This stuff happens, though, and it's really horrible. And apparently the legal system is not caught up with this threat, and it's super easy to do. AI can create these things very simply, um, there's a Democrat representative in New York who has authored a bill. They're preventing deepfakes of inmate intimate images act. Uh, they attempted to put this forward in May of 2013. And they basically make the argument that our legal system has not caught up with technology. And it's struggling because now people can post videos. People can post, post these super uh, realistic deepfakes, deepfakes, which is also really scary. When you think about, let's say somebody posts a deep fake of the leader of the free world saying something crazy, people might have a real serious reaction to that. And what happens when that happens? So they have to figure out how to how to get ahead of that. There has to be real consequences. It has to be a felony. People have to like fear that they're going to be going away for a long time if they, I mean, you could easily incite a mass panic if somebody did a deep fake of Biden saying something or looking a certain way. It's pretty scary stuff. So in this case, it happened to Taylor Swift. It's not the end of the world yet, but hopefully this doesn't continue to happen much. All right, let's move on. All right, this one was kind of funny to me. I don't take a lot of public transit. Matt, are you taking a lot of public transit? Uh, not a lot. I use it from time to time. But, All right, yeah. so this one happened in the Twin Cities. This is not even in our state. This is in the Twin Cities. But the Twin Cities Metro Station, uh, Metro Transit, I apologize, is apparently having like a really bad time right now with people doing inappropriate things on the various trains and buses that make up the Twin Cities Metro Transit. So much so that the Twin Cities has seen fit to post giant metal signs which tell you what you are allowed to do on a train or a bus. A lot of things that you or I, because we're normal people, would just assume is how an adult behaves on a bus or a train. And so I wanted to go over a few of these with you because I find them to be very interesting. And I find it interesting that you even need to say these things. So a few of these are pretty simple. Like in these ones, I understand and everybody gets pay your share or pay your fare. You have to pay it. That makes sense. You have to wear shirts and shoes and bottoms. Don't ride naked. That makes sense, too. Uh, Your drink must be covered. They don't want you spilling coffee on people and stuff like that. These are all pretty harmless. But then they get down to a section that says illegal activity. And this is why people don't like riding public transit. They say uh, violators can be removed from transit property if you do any of the following actions. So listen to these. And again, this is not locally here, but I know I've heard many stories about some of these things happening locally. But they posted these signs next to all of the Twin City Transit stations because it was such a problem. This is illegal activity. Vandalizing or littering. Yes, that's a good one. Uh, You shouldn't be doing that. Disorderly conduct, which includes smoking, vaping, or illegal drug use, which is really actually a... I'm surprised they put that because we have a lot of illegal drug use on our systems and they don't seem to have too much of a problem with it. Um, Threatening or spitting on other people. No spitting on other people. 
Pooping or peeing, transit property, they say, is not a public restroom. Please do not poop on our trains. Uh, Sexual assault. Raping is not allowed on these things. That's pretty obvious. Now, if you actually have to put down there that you're not allowed to sexually assault people on these buses and trains, it doesn't make me feel very good about riding these buses and trains. But you know somebody was thinking about it is just going to look up the sign and go, oh, well, I can't do that now. Uh, I was going to sexually assault someone, but I won't now because the sign told me not to. Here's the funny thing. I mean, this is not funny. This is sad. It's a sad state that we're in as a a society. But right next to between sexual assault and uh, pooping and peeing, I hate saying the word. sounds gross. But pooping and peeing, sexual assault. Also phone calls on your speaker. I don't know why that's even in the same section. To me, that should not be in the same section. I would much rather sit next to somebody who's talking too loudly on their phone than I would that somebody who's relieving themselves on the middle of the train or bus that I might be riding. Certainly, I don't want to be riding next to somebody who's sexually assaulting me, and I would much rather somebody be listening to a song I don't like on a boombox speaker. But hey, that's what's happening at the Twin Cities Metro right now. I just thought you guys might like to know. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show. Matt, what do we got? All right, on tonight's edition of Cairo Nights, our ace reporter Matt Markovich joins us on a ridiculous new bill that will, well, as usual, take more of your money. Also, Heather Bosch joins us on whistleblower allegations against the quality control processes at Boeing. All that plus the news roundup, and we'll find out what that movie clip was. All on the way on Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I have a very special guest, good friend of the show, Matt Markovich, Cairo News Radio reporter, joins me. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jake. Always happy to be here. Always happy to have you. All right, so you have a story on MyNorthwest.com. People should check this out. There's something called smelt dipping. What is smelt dipping? Well, first, it's about smelt. Smelt is a very small, oily fish that starts in the Pacific, and it comes up our rivers, the Columbia, the Cowlitz. It's about, you know four or five inches long, and every year or so, they make a run up the rivers. But it's uh, And it's a, a, a generational thing. Families have been going out to the big rivers. They, what they do is they get a long dip net, put it on a long pole, put some bait in the dip net, and stick it out into the river and try and catch these smelt. Got it. Because you you're probably not going to go out there with a pole. No, like, no. <laughs> That's the dipping part. It's gotcha. called smelt dipping because you have to use a long pole to dip it into the river totally to pull makes out the smelt. Now, there's been legal limits. You have 10 pounds in a season. But here's the thing with the season. Uh, the season last year lasted five hours. Not a long season. Not a long season. And you don't <laughs> when it knows when it's coming. It's like the fish and wildlife watch the smelt when they're ready to enter up the rivers. Then the season kind of begins. And it's a little window of time to go out and do some smelt dipping with your family and friends. Um, like I said, it's a big traditional thing here in Washington State. So why are we talking about that? Well, there's now a bill in front of the legislature to require a fishing license to do that. There's never been a fishing license for smelt dipping in the past, ever. But now the Fish and Wildlife Department is asking for a $12 fishing license to dip smel- uh, to get smelt, smelt. Dip, to get to dip for your smelt. To dip for smelt. Yeah, and the and window, again, this, this fish is about the size, it's a little the bigger oversized than a, a sardine. Like a sardine. Yeah, oversized sardine. So a lot of people like them. 
Uh, they cook them up, uh, but you, you know, there's this, but there's a, there's a different thing with this. It's, it's a cultural thing to go out with your family and dip for smelt. It happens coming up soon. If they have a season this year uh, in early February, March or so. And it's, and it's, but it's not predictable. It's not like smelt season begins on February 2nd and ends on February 3rd or just lasts on February 2nd. We don't know. And to go out and require people, a family go out and buy a fishing license $12 per person. Per person? Well, that's a, that's a fishing license. Oh, yeah. my gosh. $12 per person to stick your net out there and get your smelt. Um, you may want to buy it ahead of time, right? So if you want to be totally le- uh, legal, you want to have your fishing license in your person when you want to go out and do some smelt dipping. But the way the season works out is that because it's like last year only lasted five hours – and it's like on a moment's notice, you just get a couple days notice on the, okay, it's going to open this day for five hours. Between 1 and 6 p.m. Yeah. And then that's it. Yeah. And then that's it. And then you have to go out and get a license before that. Well, a lot of people can't do that. They they Or they go out and get a license for that year and then there's no season. And then they're out 12 bucks if that's all the kind of fishing they're doing. Yeah. It's not like the yeah. normal fishing season where you can count on being able to go to any one of these lakes and fish for trout right. for at least however many months. Correct. And Correct. or or salmon, even yeah. salmon is like a tough thing because they don't always let you fish for salmon right. in certain areas. That's correct, and and you know it is. But this is such a narrow window of a fishing season um, because it is was listed as an endangered species. A specific smelt that comes up the Columbia River is listed as endangered species, and they can only recover like two thousand pounds a year on the recreational side. Now, commercial fishermen can go out there and get their smelt. This is strictly for recreational fishermen, people like you and me sure. who don't sell it. You know, who do it for a family you reason, take it home and make a stew or whatever, yeah, whatever you want to do with it. So it's just a recreational fisherman. This bill also talks about crawfish and carp, and crawfish are abundant around here. There's uh, there's a crawfish season is not one day, five hours. They're all over the place at any time. They have a season. And same with carp. Now, carp is almost year-round. Carp is a fish that nobody wants. It's not a game fish. You know, people don't like carp in lakes because they eat the food that the salmon and the trout, that the fish that we all like. It's a pest. Yeah, it's a total pest. Uh, so, so, but now they're going to require, in, in fact, you know, the state wants people to fish out carp that, you know, but, but now, but they want you to pay for that privilege. But now, now they're going to charge you twelve dollars. Well, the request is to have a fishing license for that too. Twelve dollars. Now twelve dollars carries covers all these fish, but the fact that they're going after fish that one was a traditional cultural thing to to uh, raise and or catch, and now carp, which is a pesty fish that nobody wants, a twelve dollar license to go out and catch that, and then crawfish, which are tiny and crawfish. Which, <laughs> Which are really tiny. Yeah, really. These are all these tiny fish, and they're trying to charge us. Yeah, and this and feels like such an, uh, a squeeze. Like, I don't know why they would step in and say, we want to charge you, let's say a family of five who wants mm-hmm. to go out and do this. Suddenly, they're going to have to come up with 60 bucks yeah. for five hours. They're just not going to do it. So the politics behind all this, as you know, we have a Democratic House, a Democratic Senate, and a Democratic governor. This is uh, the Fish and Wildlife falls under the purview of the Democratic Democratic governor. So Democrats are proposing this uh, suggestion of a $12 fishing because license. Because they want, they want these poor families' money. They <laughs> well, want these people who just want to go out there and spend a nice day with mom and dad and grandma and grandpa, something they've been doing for a year, dipping for smelt, 
And the Democrats step in, they say, give me that money. Well, Fish and Wildlife is saying the reason they need to do this is for enforcement purposes. If they need to take up somebody who has been illegally catching fish, like too much smelt on a recreational basis. More they than need- 10 pounds in one five-hour season. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, and uh, and be able to go after these people. That's the reasoning behind it. Because they Fish don't have any money. Fish and wildlife don't have any money to, to, to well, mount yeah, a lawsuit. Well, that's up to the lawmakers. They decide how much money Fish and Wildlife gets. And I guess if they can get 12 extra bucks out of a couple people here and there, that would help the bottom line. This is ridiculous. It's just one of those things where like, I'd never heard of smell dipping, but when you're describing it, I'm going, you know what? I have small kids. This would be a fun thing to go do with my kids. And then they would remember having that experience. It's not going to hurt the environment. It's not going to hurt the fish for me and my family to go out there and catch seven of these tiny little fish because we're not great fishermen. We've never had success at it. And you got a net. You just got to put a little bait in there. Still, no, we'd figure out a way to bungle it. But the state steps in and says, we're going to charge. Like, I have a family of five. Am I going to drop 50 bucks? Ahead of t- or sixty bucks ahead of time, just so that somebody can call me and say like, "Hey, you got five hours to go dip some smelt." It's not going to happen. I just won't do it. Yeah. So well, if you see pictures, you look up Google and put in smelt dipping Washington State. You'll see a ton of pictures of families along the shoreline with their long poles. Yeah, old mom pictures, and dad, grandma, and grandpa. People aren't going to do this anymore. I guarantee people are not going to pay 12 bucks, or they'll just do it illegally. Yeah, so so it's just a proposal right now. It's it's at the committee level. Will it go all the way to the end of the road and pass the House and Senate? Who knows? Who knows? I just want to let you know what Washington State's doing for you. Well, if if the smelt season is coming up soon... Which is, which which it is. People should give this a try before you have to start paying. If there is one, if there is one, there might not be one. We won't know. You'll get a couple hours notice. You'll get a couple hours notice. But have fun, and if you do it, send us pictures. All right, Matt Markovich, thanks, man. You're welcome, Jake. All right, coming up next, I'm going to tell you a story about Kenny G. You guys know who Kenny G is? Local guy, plays the saxophone really good. He's got some very curly hair. He's in the news for kind of a bizarre, funny reason. I'm going to tell you that story next. You're not going to want to miss it. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to the show. All right, I got two Hollywood stories to tell you really fast. One involves Kenny G, who I listened to a ton growing up. Matt, are you a Kenny G fan? I wouldn't say I'm a hardcore fan, but I'm aware of his <laughs> talent, yes. I'm not a hardcore fan. All I right, love so, the deep cuts. Yes, yeah, so Kenny G uh, is from Seattle, and folks might know that he is from here. I don't know if folks know that. I I think I think people know that Kenny G is from Seattle. Uh, but Kenny G is from Seattle, but apparently right now he's going through something of a of – a, housing dispute with his ex-wife. They have this phenomenally amazing house in um, Malibu. And boy, I'll tell you what, being the world's best uh, alto saxophone player or whatever he is, pays pretty good because this house is worth a ton of money. And apparently he's renting it out right now to a very, very famous, um, a very, very famous person who's also a Seattleite. And he's renting it out for $600,000 a month. Sounds like a bargain. So do you know who he's renting it out to right now? No, tell me. He's renting it out to Jeff Bezos and his girlfriend, <laughs> yeah, Lauren Sanchez. Apparently, Jeff Bezos is actually uh, fixing up his current house or fixing up another house. He purchased some massive property uh, down in that area. And so because he needs to live somewhere, he has now purchased this house from, or not purchased, he's renting this house from Kenny G. But Kenny G's wife is saying, hey, uh, I'm not seeing any of that money in the divorce, so what you need to do is sell that property 
And so a judge has just come through or somebody's just come through and said, um, he's had this judgment in his favor saying the wife can't, you know, ex-wife can't force him to um, sell the property. So he gets to keep making that sweet $600,000 a month. Well, he can't have Bezos going homeless now. No, no, no. You don't want Bezos to go homeless. Yeah, that'd be a bummer for that guy. But Kenny G, uh, here's how Kenny G sounds, just in case you don't know. He's pretty famous. This is a song called The Moment. I feel like my parents, my mom, I feel like my mom listened to this a lot growing up. She must have had a Kenny G album or something like that. My sister listened to a lot of Kenny G. Anyway, it pays pretty good. If you can play a saxophone like this, then you should go make some money doing it because it pays very, very well. He bought the house in 1998 for 12 million bucks. Then he purchased a house next door in 2000 for like three million bucks. So it's a massive property. And now Jeff Bezos gets to rent it out for more than a half a million dollars a month. That's pretty good money. All right. One more quick story. I wanted to tell you guys, this was very, very funny. There is an actor whose name is Tom Hollander. He's in a lot of great stuff. He's a, he's he's all over the BBC. Uh, he's an English actor. Right now, he's in a show, or just most recently, he was in a uh, the second season of White Lotus. I don't know if you watch that show, Matt, but it's very good. Uh, he's in Pride and Prejudice. He was the bad guy in one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. But he is a distinctly older English actor, and he's great. He's really, really funny. But his name is very familiar with a young English actor who happens to be one of the biggest movie stars in the world right now whose name is Tom Holland. Tom Holland plays Spider-Man. Of course, the two look nothing alike. They're separated in age by probably 30-something years. And he was telling this really funny story. He was on Seth... uh, This is Tom Hollander, the older guy. He was on Seth Meyers, and he was explaining to Seth Meyers that he has been mistaken for Tom Holland before by their agency that they both shared for a time. And he accidentally got a check from Tom uh, that was meant for Tom Holland and the story of him getting it and how he felt when he saw the check is pretty funny. I have to ask you, uh, I feel like it's almost the elephant in the room. Uh, there's an actor named Tom Holland. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does that ever, do people ever um, make that error? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's been very difficult. Because, <laughs> you know, I was here first. Yeah. Um, but, uh He's, he's enormously famous. So I, I uh, it, might, it obviously, I don't actually get mistaken for him, but, but in, in non-visual uh, context, I am mistaken for him all the time. So like people in the accounts department of my agency got confused and we were with the same agency, um, briefly. And... Uh, <laughs> And it was, it was a terrible moment. I, I went to see my friend who was doing theatre in England and, uh, and for 300 pounds a week, you know, and, uh, but doing great work, Chekhov. And I sat smugly in the audience having just done a BBC show for 30 grand or something, which was, you know, going to get me through the next year or so. And I was thinking, well, this is marvellous. I'm very prosperous. But my good friend, Peter, is doing this great play and I'm going to go afterwards and see him and slightly patronise him and say what, how wonderful it was. And, uh, and then the interval came and I thought I'd check my emails and I got an email from the agency saying, um, payment advice slip, your um, first box office bonus f- for the Avengers. And, um, and I thought... 
I don't think I'm in the Avengers. <laughs> and it was, um, it was an astonishing amount of money. And it was, it was not his salary. It was, it was his first box office bonus. <laughs> not the whole box office, the first one. And it was more money than I've ever... It was, it was a seven-figure sum. Yeah. And they he had was, to send it in two, me, two emails. He was, he, was, <laughs> he was 20 or something. So my feeling of smugness that you remember I had in the first half disappeared very quickly. But that's showbiz. It's, uh, <laughs> it's up, it's down, it's hero, it's zero. You're always yeah. one email away from having yeah, your whole life turned upside loser. down. Yeah. <laughs> that's so crazy. It's so funny because their names are really similar. Tom Holland, Tom Hollander. Hollander is the older guy. Um, I have a, a buddy who is a um, he's a screenwriter, and he had this movie. This is the, the, the sums that they're talking about are nowhere near what I'm what my relationship to Hollywood is. But um, he had a movie of his that got picked up by one of these streamers, and the the streamer and it was like a movie that he had made back in like the early two thousands. So he wasn't seeing like a whole lot of. Uh, like domestic um, checks from that still. You know, like you get those checks way yeah, after. Yeah. So he wasn't seeing a ton of those. But then one day he gets a check from uh, from uh, his manager and his manager says, hey, uh, this just came in for some streamer because the movie had just debuted, not debuted, but they'd put it on a streamer in another country, like a streamer you've never even heard of before in your life. But it was like in some, it was like in Estonia or something, like just some place. And so they sent him a check, and he this was a completely unplanned thing. He didn't even know it was going to get... He gets a check for $60,000 because some movie that he put on was streaming in a country that he's never even been to. And he was just like, yeah, this is pretty sweet. That <laughs> It just, like, happens to come in. And he also needed money really bad at the time, so he was pretty happy about it. But seven figures, that's pretty sweet for a box office bonus. Not bad money. Of course, you do have to be one of the biggest movie stars in the world, but pretty good. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show. We got the news roundup coming up next. We are going to play you the answer to that trivia clip. A lot of you have gotten it already in the text line, but some of you missed it, actually, surprisingly. But we're going to tell you the answer to that news roundup. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. 